Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello Internet, my name is Walter C80's Fedchuck and welcome back to the Rough Drafts coverage of the 2017 League of Legends World Championship play-in stage. Because we haven't reached the actual uh, world championship, we are in the play-in stage, we are in the uh, adjusted, the evolved form of the wild card tournament to figure out what other four teams will be joining uh, the 12 teams already seated in groups in China for the uh, Season 7 World Championship. We already did Group A, we talked about Team WE, Gambit, and Lyon Gaming yesterday. And today we're going to get into Group B, break it down, talk about which teams we think getting out. And of course, by we, I mean the man, the myth, my housemate, the man who does not own a red shirt, Chase, the red shirt king, Wassener. Chase, that shirt is not red. I've I mean, seen it. This this looks pretty red. That's this not is at least red. the dragon bit? No, it's not red. I'm it's looking at the red. camera, it's not red. This I'm looking part at the person, not. it's but not this, red. This right here, like that's flame. This is clearly it's a red belly. But look, I'm, I appreciate the, the intro there. I'm very excited to talk about these teams today. I think that Group A, uh, if it's a struggling one to try to make sense of because all of the teams in it, I think, are at a very elevated level of play for what we expect from, from this kind of talent, I think that Group B is one in which a lot of things can happen because I'm not sure if any of these teams are really all that good. Uh, I think that we're in a... This is, to me, the weakest of the four groups. I think that it's... Oh, that's not true. It's Group C. <laughs> I was going to say... No, sorry. Right. I forgot about Group C. My apologies. I'm sorry. I gave everyone a heart attack at home. Oh, not, my God! That would have been wow. the hottest of hot takes. That... No. Group B is just not great. I don't... I think of the okay. four teams from power regions that are here, I think that Cloud9 is tied for me at the bottom of that. And I think that the two teams we're going to be talking about outside of that are teams that either looked good but are from regions that historically have really struggled and show a lot of the same flaws that I think have held those teams back, and a team from a region that we do think is good but seems to have a lot of flaws that we don't traditionally associate with that region that I think are going to come back to haunt them. So this is going to be very close to get those two spots out just like Group A, but I think for entirely different reasons. And the key is going to be if one of them can really step up and surprise us. There's a lot of room for teams to step up and really make a big impact. Uh, it's going to be very curious to see 
which of these teams really rises to the occasion? Well, I mean, um, I, there's only three spots. There's only two spots, and there's only three teams. Yeah. So, like, I mean, someone has to get out. I don't know, you're, you're making these, like, oh, these wide, sweeping generalizations. Like, there's a whole bunch of teams. There's only three teams I mean, in two spots. That's true. But <laughs> I thought that hard. Any of these teams, I, like, this is my argument. I think any of these teams could step up and make it out of the groups and look great. I think each of these teams could raise themselves up a tier in my mind if they play very sharp. I think each of these teams could play themselves down a tier. Um, I don't necessarily feel as comfortable with them as and any of these three teams as I do in, in teams from, from some of the different groups. I, I just have big question marks that I feel like we need to see answered in this uh, group stage. I'm curious to see how it plays. Man, I really didn't think I was going to have to hype up this one fan base on this, on this episode. This is, this is weird for me. I'm in a, kind of a weird spot. Um, but we're going to start with the team that Chase thinks is most likely not to make it out of the group. Um, I disagree with it. I, I don't think... This is Chase's chance to try and sway me in one direction because I think the bottom two teams are a coin flip of which one of them gets out. And it's probably going to come down to some sort of tiebreaker and some match, and it's just going to be what team ate their Wheaties that morning and are a little bit stronger. So Chase, out of the three teams in this group, which one is the least likely to make it out of the group and why? Hi, Dire Wolves. How you guys doing? I... I know we've been here before, not necessarily specifically you, but a lot of these players, uh, we've been here before, and I thank you guys for coming back. Always fun to watch. Um, unfortunately, I just don't believe in Oceania as a region anymore because this happens all the time. We've seen exactly this sequence of events in which we see this team, they're really good at the early game, they're super aggressive, love these trades, we love how well they snowball, and then they play against teams in which they're not able to win the early game because other teams know what they're doing, and then things just collapse. And that's why, to me, Direwolves are the team that I really struggle to believe in. I feel like they're so zoned in on one way to play the game. And to be fair, they have the talent to do that, that one style, that one very aggressive early game play style, mostly thanks to Shurnfire, who is awesome to watch, continues to be just a pleasure to see his career evolve. Um, very aggressive player, very much a, you know, will pick whatever fight they can find. I, I think that, you know, we saw... King and Destiny take a step forward. I think Chippies had some great moments. I, I think that those are things that they're going to point to and they're going to say, well, this is different, right? We were a little bit sharper than we've been in the past. And then I look at what happened in, in game three and I just remember like, oh yeah, if things go even slightly wrong, this team just collapses in on itself. And I consider that a concern when we're on a big stage in which Oceana has mostly shrunk under the bright lights. So I, I think that between all of the, you know, the, the very singular play style, the history of Oceana struggling as a region, and then also I don't think Fantix is very good. Just didn't do anything to impress me. I thought very underwhelming, uh, lost lane pretty much every game, didn't really do a very good job of, of making those rotations in place. He was very much like, hey, you guys go do your crazy things on the side lanes, and then 
I'll be here and I'll not lose, which I guess is fine. But at this level of play, I wish they had a little bit more from their bot lane. So those are the three things that tear them down a little bit for me. Okay. Um, I guess I guess it'll come down to like talking about the other teams. I don't think the other two teams in this group are good at the early game. So that kind of plays into Direwolf's hands of like, okay, they probably are going to play with a lead against most of these teams, against these other two teams because they just aren't good early game teams and Shardfire I, I know that 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 third game was kind of a downer it felt like he was trying to do too much that they did fall behind early and he was kind of trying to play catch up uh building the full 100% like assassin AP Elise which I'm still not a fan of despite how long it's existed um but I don't think it necessarily it, it wasn't a product of like was it a product of Shardfire being a bad player I think it was a product of him trying to play catch-up, realizing that he is the major catalyst. And there were a lot of moments. Uh, there was one moment where Chippies, I think, was caught in the bot lane, and Shardfire, like tries to go and save him. And Chippies gets out, but it puts Shardfire in a bad spot. I think I remember watching with the with the VOD crew. It was like, oh, he should have just let him die or whatever. Like, yeah, but he, like what they were trying to accomplish, like he, he was all in on that plan. And I really do like players that are, when you can tell that there's a game plan or a move that they want to make players that are 100%, this might go wrong, but this is what the call is. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow through on it. I thought the other three games that he was pretty masterful in, in controlling the map and kind of asserting his will on a on a weaker early game team um, uh, that Direwolves were playing against. And I... I normally am not the one that's like kind of on the upside here, like, okay, maybe this is gonna work, but like the other wildcard team, I didn't see anything from them at all that made me really feel all that comfortable. And the one position I think there was some strengths, I think Chippies is a pretty good top laner. I think he's a pretty strong player who can who can play a variety of champions in a, a multitude of roles. So Chase, I know I know I, I know that that look, so if Direwolves are going to get out of this group, and I'm not saying it's a one seed, but if they do get out of this group, what is it that's going to elevate them that tier and, and take them into that play-in kind of playoffs, I guess is what we want to call it? Uh, oh, it's got to be Chippies. I okay. think Chippies is the do or die okay, for this good. team. Right. Shurnfire is a great mechanical player, but where you see like, oh man, I'm so glad he's committed, what I see is he is trying so hard. He is so desperate to make those big plays because he wants to be the guy. And he just, it, you can see it in every move that he makes and every champion that he prioritizes. He wants to be the playmaker that makes everything happen. Um, and I think that that has pros and cons and it very much can backfire in a big stage like this. But what Chippies offers is some consistency uh, in the top lane. And it's consistency that I think this Direwolves team needs because. I don't think their other laners are necessarily as consistent. When he's put on a carry threat, that Jason game one was awesome. Did a very good job of just playing through him and just punishing over and over and over again. The Jackson game four I thought was huge. That was a game that very easily could fight against them. Yeah, I know. Surprisingly, when you execute this whole split push thing, you're actually able to put this map pressure down so that even when you're losing for the first 30 minutes of the game, really, you have that chance to get that Baron and then immediately punish in. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, get that one last team fight, which, just on Friday's credit, was his big engage that made that all work. Yeah, so weird. it's it's certainly having that, that guy in Chippies who puts that map pressure on constantly, who gives you a winning lane that you can play through in the early game pretty much every game. 
I, I think that that's going to be the guy if they can win the 1v1 and then the 2v2 when Schoenfire gets in there and do that consistently enough, especially against Team 1, their Brazilian opponent in this group, I think that that's something that they could exploit repeatedly because I think that they're much better in that 2v2 than Team 1 are. So if that's, that's going to be, if I'm wrong, that's going to be why I'm wrong. It's just going to be that those two players are able to do so much on the top side of the map that it doesn't matter that Fantix isn't all that great and that King and Destiny are very middle of the road um, compared to some of the other bot lanes we're going to be seeing at this event. So I, I very easily, I can see the world in which Chippies and Sharkfire just pop off and get those couple map wins that they need to advance to the best of five round. Okay, so like, let's move on to the Brazilians, because you seem much higher on them than me when none of them really stood out, with the exception of Vert, who I thought was all right. But the same criticisms that you sort of have of Schoenfire, I have of Vert, of he's really the only guy on the team that does anything, and he seems to try very hard to, to do those things. So what is it about Team 1 that... Puts them slightly over direwolves for you, because because to me it's just a coin flip. Like I think both of the teams are about equal, and it's just whichever. Like I said, whichever team eats their wheaties that day. Here here's the big difference. Um, direwolves did not grab first tower in any of their four games because their rotations are slow. Team one is much better at rotating. Uh, team uh, direwolves struggled to control the dragons uh, a lot. Uh, Rift Herald. Like they only went for, I think, in a couple of their games. But I, I don't necessarily attribute that to poor Rift Herald play, though I don't think it was particularly great. But the mm -hmm. Barons did tend to go against them as well. They needed Schoenfire to get steals, which he got two of them in that series. And yes, it's great that he got two Baron steals. I don't think that most teams, you can't count on teams screwing up their Baron in the way that they were able to take advantage on. I think that in those kind of macro decisions, from their ability to rotate around the map, their ability to get more vision down, the wards per minute, I, I did a little bit of research on this. One did ward better, if you just look at the pure raw numbers. Obviously, I'd love to get access to some of the advanced stats that Riot has, but I felt, you know, in my notes, I felt like Team One was making the, giving themselves more opportunities with their vision. And I think that ultimately, uh, their superior rotations and ability to play as a kind of five-man unit, I think, is a little bit sharper. Um, it has concerns, and I, I don't... We are, we're going to get into the concerns in a bit, but if I, I want to talk about what I like. Uh, I like Viver. Uh, I thought that he played a very solid series throughout. Really good job uh, dealing with the ganks defensively. Um, I think that he's, you know, they did a very good job of protecting him and he did, you know, made sure he was never overextended, he was never getting punished, kept giving them that kind of consistency that they needed. Very good in those mid to late team fights. Uh, I also thought that Absolute played relatively well. I think Redbert did a much better job of setting him up for success um, than I think that, like, someone like Destiny was able to do for King. I think if you were just looking at the AD carries individually, I think King and Absolute are about even. But I think the bot lane is a little bit more cohesive. Uh, especially, I didn't think that bot lane needed ganks the way the Direwolves bot lane needed ganks. There was a lot of attention drawn to get those three to four minute dives in the bot lane uh, in order to get that bot lane going, or the three to four minute dive on the top lane. I think that one is happier playing a little bit more of a slower laning phase. I think they're a little bit more self-sufficient in that regard. And, and some of that has to deal with they're working around the big weakness we, they have. Uh, and I think they have two big weaknesses that could fold my argument. Entirely. Yeah, so, so let's let's just let's just 
let's yeah. go into them. What what is going to be the Achilles heel of one here, particularly they're in the case of the direwolves? They're slow. They're slow. It's a problem. It's a concern to me. I this is exactly the same. I, like I have this PTSD from Rift Rivals, where I was so sure that Europe having these slower, more precise <laughs> early games meant that they were the better region, and then they just got their ass handed to them. And I'm like, oh, turns out maybe that's not how any of this works. And that's my biggest problem when it comes to Team One is while I do believe they were a little bit sharper as a whole in terms of making their rotation, in terms of being at the right place at the right time, doing some great defensive roams, I thought they were very good at covering for each other when they could see those attacks coming down the horizon. You're still a team that doesn't like to really do anything until about the 15 to 20 minute mark. And I this meta, I don't know many teams that succeed that way. They don't. It's really tough. They don't. You basically have to count on your opponent making more mistakes than you're making plays. And to be fair, in that series against Payne, they did a very good job taking advantage of Payne's mistakes. They did a very good job of taking every little opening they found. They did something with it. But they weren't the ones setting the pace of the game. And that is a problem. Uh, especially because the guy who I think is most responsible for that lag is the guy who's in the biggest trouble here, and that's Forland, the jungler. Uh, did a lot better when he had a lead. I want to give him that game for Sejuani. He actually played a good game uh, mm -hmm. in that regard. I was not impressed by the other three games. I think that as a guy who likes to power farm early, it is a problem that he plays like a guy who needs some gold to get under his belt and the, you know, to get going, to get that ring. It's like up. he needs his first item to feel comfortable. Yes. That's kind of what it is. He's very passive until he gets to that. And if he can get to that sooner, then they start making plays sooner and the team looks more cohesive. And that game four is what I keep in my mind of like, this is what they do if they're the ones setting the pace. But that, what did that take? Well, it took pain gaming overextending on a jungle, on a counter jungle effort, and then being able to punish that. Now, I like one a little bit more than Direwolves because that's the exact kind of mistake I expect Shurnfire to make because that's when he gets himself into trouble. Exactly that play. But if Direwolves play out that early game as well as, as they did in a couple of those victories against Chiefs, one is going to have a really hard time. They're not going to be setting the tempo. And it's not like they have this great big threat that we see when we're going to talk about Cloud9 in a second. And like, oh yeah, this, we got, we got a carry guy. Like, Chippies can carry a game. Shurnfire could probably carry a game, but when this meta, <laughs> probably. it's really hard to do as a jungler, at least it, without doing things like full AP Elise, which is not the way I would go about it. I don't know, like, on Team 1, if there's that one guy who's just going to have a pop-off game. Bruiser is certainly not that in the mid lane. I think Vivi Vert is a guy who is more of a tanky engager than he is, like, a big playmaker in yeah. his own right. Absolute is solid, and Redbird does a good job of setting him up, but he's better at cleaning up team fights. Like it's just it's hard to see that, like, okay, guys, backs against the wall, we need this win. We're trusting in blank to carry us this game. I think Direwolves know who that guy is, and I don't think Team One does. And those are those are big concerns. And I, you know, I think that it's so easy for us to say that one answer is right or wrong, but when we have all these wildcard teams. It's kind of our job. Look, you are, <laughs> yes, 
But we're like because we're on different ends of it. I hope that people listening, you can hear like the weaknesses that I found yeah. and the, whatever, and you can decide agree. which set of those weaknesses scares you more. Because neither one of these teams are like these rock solid. Oh yeah, I totally believe. Yeah, I. I mean, you know, you know the strengths and weaknesses that I feel of both teams. I don't definitely agree that that Fantex is kind of a concern. Um, the difference is, I guess, to me, I always go for if it's do or die. Does you know who on this team is the guy that they're gonna rally behind, and who is there? We need to make a big play. And on Dire Wolves, they do. I think they know exactly who it is. It's Shurnfire and it's Chippies. Mm-hmm. And maybe at the beginning, it's not, you know, maybe they put Chippies on something like Shen and it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, not necessarily going to get something carried. But you know later on, if you need a big teleport or you need a big taunt or something, Chippies is going to do it. You know that I made the joke in, in, in chat from the little that I've watched of Shurnfire over the course of his career. It really feels like every time he steps on the rift, any Baron or Dragon is 65-35 in Shurnfire's favor. It's like he's the reverse saint where he does come up with these types of things. And he plays Zach that's really good at stealing those kind of objectives without necessarily putting himself exactly in danger of dying because Zach does have that really weird thing where you can exactly. blast a slingshot. <laughs> exactly, as you might say. Sorry. Exactly, I mean, as you might say, because you can elastic slingshot over that very back curve of the wall, get vision of the objective and smite it, and he proved in this series in Oceana that he can do it twice in a series. And to me, that is something that's important, that when you have guys that do not shy away from those big moments, even when they're that far behind, is willing to try and go make this pick on a split-pushing top laner, even though they're probably going to get 2 v one anyways. Like, I like that. I never saw that out of Team 1, where any of these players took them by the hand and said, listen, guys, I'm going to do this. We're going to make this happen. And I just really feel like in a situation like this, when it's going to be a do or die, because if we agree, it's probably a coin flip and they split a game. There's a tiebreaker in here in some way, unless we think either of these teams could beat cloud nine. And let's be honest, probably not. I mean, so at the end of the day, how do you break a tiebreaker? How do you break what you think is 50, 50, which guy do you trust more in the clutch? And I trust Chippies and Shurnfire more in the clutch than I trust anybody on Team 1. Does it make it right? Does it make I, it wrong? I'm just... That's where I'm coming from. Here's the thing. You're you're going off the theory of like when that 50-50 Baron happens and that, that big fight happens, yeah. I you trust Shurnfire and Direwolves to do it. <laughs> I'm trusting Team 1 not to take the 50-50 Baron because that we, like, that's the one thing we did not see from them. In their series, they they did a very good job of if we're not a hundred percent on this neutral objective play, we're not doing it. Then, which was which made them passive and it made yeah. them slow, but it means that they can't do like direwolves are not going to be able to count on a chief's level of throw that we saw in those two. It, it's that did not happen. It, That's not something one it's, does. It's not the fifty fifty baron. It's not that it has to be. It's that in every single game, especially when teams are very even, there is a play. There is the the uh, Jensen not hitting R on his echo and losing in game five to TSM. There is the Darshan accidentally flat, you know, going over the wall at Red Buff, you know, at Red Buff. There are the 50-50 Smite, Elder Drakes, all of these types of things. There is the Ryu versus Faker 1v1Z duel. There are moments in games against teams that are pretty evenly matched. Whether it was beforehand or not, whether on that day where they're pretty evenly matched, where it comes down to these moments, and they might not be as large as Ryu versus Faker. But there are moments where they decide the match and potentially decide the series. 
And I'm going to go with the guys that have constantly proven that they come up big in those kind of moments in Chippies and, and Shirt and Fire, even though it's not been on the international stage, yeah. even though it's only been within their region, and even though it was only, you know, we're only seeing this one series from this year, but I'm going to trust them over the guys that are a little bit more skittish and a little bit more laid back and a little like, oh, we don't really want to put ourselves into these really high-risk situations because high-risk, high-reward, it doesn't always pay off, so... I'm going to go with the guys that are that are willing to take those risks and that have proven over what we saw in the VODs that they can take advantage of those risks. That being said, there is a third team here, and it's Cloud9, and yeah. Jensen's the best player in this group by far. Yeah. And I can't wait to watch him absolutely style on Brewster and Fantix and go 4-0 and sweep through this entire thing. Oh, and man. then These they're going to get... They didn't, they didn't ask for this. This is yeah. a, I mean, they, I guess they did ask for this. They didn't qualify. <laughs> they for wanted the to make it to Worlds. They yeah. want to go. I mean, I get it, but like, <laughs> man, it's Cloud Nine could not have asked for a better. Well, okay, we, I forget about Group C again. But to be fair, <laughs> wouldn't you? Shouldn't everyone forget about Group C? And we'll get into that tomorrow. I guess yes, we will. But, but outside of that, I mean, this is about what Cloud Nine could have hoped for, right? Yeah. You have two you teams that don't have good mid laners, mm -hmm. and you have. The second best mid laner of the 12 here? Are we willing to go second? I have him below Gia. It's between him and Caps. I think I'd rather have Jensen. I'd rather have Jensen than Caps, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, absolutely. so that puts him at two on my list. And that's really good. Um, that's a really good position to be good at in this meta in particular. Yeah. Uh, his Cassiopeia is going to be terrifying. I think Lucian or Corky are going to be terrifying. I don't see how these teams ban them out, and I don't see what their answer is going to be because while I have some questions about uh, Forlan and I do respect Shurnfire as an aggressive player, I think Contracts can neutralize both of those attempts at the 2v2, whether it be from a defensive or aggressive angle. I think the Cloud9 have the stronger 2v2. Oh, absolutely. And that makes a huge difference because if they can play through the mid lane so nicely, then it comes down to, well can impact not make any big mistakes. And in general, I think the answer is yes. I think he's he can play safe. I think that Chippies is gonna play things like Jax and Jace, and I think Impact knows how to deal with that. I think Impact can play that Gnar that we know he's very good at. Um, you know, or Sneaky and Smoothie gonna play defensively. I think absolutely against these two bot lanes, I think they're more than fine. Um, Smoothie's probably the best support out of the three. I'd, I'd like to see Cloud9 go aggressive. Like, I'd like... The odds of them not making it to at least the like the second stage of the plan are are pretty, like they're pretty high that they're gonna make it. Like yeah. eighty percent of the time, ninety. Like I don't again, it's the whole you want to write it in stone type thing. I mean, yeah, I would say ninety eight percent of the time they're gonna make it into that, even if they get tripped up and don't make it as the one seed. Yeah, they're gonna you make want it that in. one seed though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just so you dodge world elite. Yeah, like that's that's mm -hmm. totally fair. But I want to see them take the gloves off, take some risks, try to get better because the end goal is like, yeah, you want to get into Worlds, but you also want to be competitive at Worlds. You don't want to go into Worlds and just be like, all right, we're the same old, same old Cloud9 that only knows how to win after 35 minutes because we play so as Molasses because we have no early game because we have two veterans in our top later and our AD carry. And it's like watching the Memphis Grizzlies play because it's this slow, plodding, methodical style. Go aggressive. Go go punch these kids in the mouth. They're from Oceania and Brazil. Like, come on, you're 
you're North American champions. You're the second winningest franchise in North American history. Like, let contracts off the leash. Tell Smoothie to play Thrash. Go something aggressive. Go kick some freaking ass. Like, come on. Yeah. Take the kid gloves off. You're not playing against TSM. You're playing against Dire Wolves and Team One, a team that didn't even exist until this split in Brazil. Go, yeah. go take it to him. Sock him in the mouth. I think Jensen put it, you know, I watched the drawing and I still don't know <laughs> who I'm playing against. Yeah. Which, for the record, that's the kind of trash talk I love. Like, that yeah. was hilarious. Did you see the one where Impact said something? Chippy's responded to who I'm on Twitter. And I was like, oh, you seem nice. Who are you again? <laughs> and Impact responded. Like, that was Impact's response. It was wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Put Ray in, for God's sakes. Be aggressive. I don't yeah. care. Just Look, go... This is their moment. They need to do this, right? Like, we, if we won't believe that this is a Cloud9 team that could make it out of the actual group stage after this play and yeah. someone that we need to take seriously when we do our team-by-team -team previews, yeah. this is when we should start seeing some of that evolution. Yeah. This is when we have to see a much sharper team than the one that we saw in the summer playoffs. Yes. And I think even a little bit sharper than what we saw from them against CLG. I don't think that was a, by any means a bad series. I just think there were some things that can be cleaned up. Immediately. So, I mean, certainly um, contracts, I think, split a lot better in the past than they did in that series. Uh, and that's that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to, can contracts be a more aggressive jungler in those first 15 minutes? Can impact step back up and be a little bit more willing to make some trades and to make an early presence for himself? Can Smoothie be that kind of aggressive support that was my support of the split in the spring split? I thought took a little bit of a step back in the summer. Can he step back up and take on something like the Recon that we've seen a guy like Biofrost create so many opportunities for his team? That's something Smoothie should be able to do as well, and I'd love to see him really step up and do that on that level. And this is the time to do it, because these are two teams that you should be able to beat. You should be able to outlast Direwolves even if you screw up the early game, and you should be able to outthink Team 1 even if you don't make the most out of your early game. So try some things. Get a little bit experimental in terms of how you want to shift things around, you know? Let's see, can, can we find someone other than Jensen to hard carry a game? Like, let's, let's see what that looks you know, like. You know what, you know what? I got one of my patented uh, C80s speeches coming. Oh, oh boy. Like, I, man, this is gonna be a clip. Cloud9 fans. fans are gonna like clip, and every time I say something bad, be like, no, you, you know what? Screw it, America, baby. America, I'm going full North America here, okay? Here's the thing. Impact is a year removed from being considered the best top laner in North America on that NAR and, and rebuilding himself during that finals run and almost carrying you guys to a championship against TSM, which people thought at the time were the fourth or third best team in the world because I don't know what they're talking about. That was Impact. Impact can get back there. Like, he is a smart player. We know that he can kind of counteract some of these. He just needs his confidence back. He can counteract some of these hard carry styles. Like, just focus on him. Tell him, we trust you. We believe in you. There's a reason you're still here. There's a reason you haven't retired yet. You have unfinished business here. You're, you're here for a reason. Contracts, young kid, let him off the leash. Let him go aggressive. Let him beat up on some of these more inexperienced junglers. Warland was bad. He wasn't good. Let Contracts go invade him. Let him play something aggressive. Let him get him in his face. Surefire makes mistakes. Go after him. He's not experienced against playing against really good junglers like we have in North America. Like, go after him. Jensen, baby, I don't have to say a damn word to you. You keep doing what you're doing. Sneaky. I know you and me have had some 
had some rough times here, okay, man? I get it. But at some point, like, at the end of the day, when we talk about good AD carries in North America, whenever we talk about top three, everyone still mentions your name. Maybe you're four, maybe you're two, maybe you're three, maybe you're, like, you're always still in that conversation for top three. Let, let, let's, grow some, let's grow a pair. Let's go beat up on some bad kids. Let's show up the Twitch. Let's get aggressive. Like, you can be more aggressive than all tech was. Like, like let's do it, buddy. Go, go unleash the season five sneaky here. And Smoothie... Go. I I don't even know what to say to Smoothie. Like you're six months, you're less than six months removed from being considered the best support in North America. Like, go do it. We have really good supports in North America too. Like you're as good as all of those guys, if not better. Like take the mantle. Prove to everyone. Like, nah, you shouldn't be talking about Ali and Biofrost. Talk about Smoothie, baby, because you know I'm smooth as ice, or I don't know whatever thing you want to be. Like, the one thing I want out of you, Cloud Nine and Jack, put this up. Walter C.A.D. Svedchuk believes in Cloud9 for at least a week, okay? Go after them. Because if I have to watch four games of you guys just do the same old, same old shit against teams that are way, way worse than you, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Go after them. Make them, like, speed up the pace of the game. I don't want 35, 40-minute Cloud9 slog-out wins. Like, Beat him in 25 minutes, wipe your hands with him, and get ready for whatever sucker is going to meet you in the second round. Okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. I'm in. Just Cloud9 fans. I'm on your side now. Yeah. The I need one of those, one of those like shroud tank top, Cloud9 mango tank tops, whatever they are. The Let's enemy go. of his enemy is his friend, and we all know how Walter feels about wildcard teams. So congratulations on being Beat a wildcard team. I, I want you guys to be that bully in middle school that knocked all the nerdy kids over and took their lunch money, because that's what these wildcard teams are. Beat them up, take their lunch money, send them back home, and be like, no, 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 we're going to Ch like we're going to the next city in China because. We enjoy, you know, Cantonese or Mandarin or whatever kind of food that you guys are eating. And we want to move on in the world championships. You guys can go back to Australia. You guys can go back to Brazil. Those are shitty places to live anyways. Get on back. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to follow you at the very end of that journey, but like 95% of the way there. I... Our six Australian fans, just unsubscribe. Yeah, look, I, I love you, Australia. Shout out to you guys. Um... <laughs> I just like I not to make that clear, but yeah, no. Look, Cloud9 oh should should win this. Cloud9 should be the best team in this group. They have all the tools to be the best team in this group. And if Walter of all people believes that you should be the best Step team in this group, Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing else to say really. Just make it happen. And if it doesn't, Cloud9, whoo boy, we got a lot of card conversations to have. And we've, we've Walter will be really fun if you guys don't make it through this. Trust me. If you guys don't make it as the one seed, I'm gonna have some some questions to ask. You guys should crush this group. Oh, so take man. care of business and make it fun. And give us more reasons to say nice things about Cloud9. I wanna build the the Walter Fed Chuck Cloud9 praise highlight reel as large as we can get it. Keep winning so we can keep making him say nice things about you guys that we can use as montages. Oh, come on. Really? You, you can't give him an episode. No, it's actually USA. There USA, it is. USA. USA. That's much USA, less annoying. USA. Country, USA. Sure. Dead Mark. Dead Mark. Dead Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all that 
it works. Like, it's, I, I, dude, dude, Denmark, come join the U.S. Like I said, another reason to do it right here. Anyways, Chase, just like for Group A, you went over to Unicorn and you got us some odds on these series. I did. Uh, I really am curious about the Dire Wolves Team One odds. Like I'm really, really curious about that. So, yeah. so, so, lay into me. What does Unicorn have to say about about this group? Well, let's be clear. Uh, Cloud Nine are as heavy favorites as the last team we discussed. Actually, a little bit more. Uh, Cloud Nine minus one thousand four hundred twenty-nine over the Direwolves, who are plus six fifty underdogs. That's the same line we saw for WE versus Leon. Uh, it's Cloud Nine minus seven sixty-nine over Team One, who are plus four fifty underdogs. That's a little bit harder than. WWE thought Gambit was going to, you know, that match was going to be. Okay. So those matches are very much in Cloud9's favor. They should take care of business. Team 1, Casinos are with me on this. Minus 159 over the Direwolves, who are plus 120 underdogs. I think that plus 120 is value. I oh, like, yeah, it's a like, lot of value. <laughs> I, I, I like Team 1, like, a little bit more, but, like, at my most optimistic for Brazil... It's like a 55-45 thing, and you're giving me plus 120. I guarantee you Direwolves are winning one of those two games, which means if you bet both of them, you're going to make money out of it. Mm -hmm. So bet both of them yeah, and absolutely. make some money out of it. Because I, I think it's going to be, at the very least, uh, a one-on-one -one going into like a final tiebreaker thing. This is These are two teams that very much should be, uh, should be closer than that line would indicate. Plus 120 is just too much value. Yeah. Um, even as I think the team won will win. Absolutely. I, I think that... Also, yeah. just for the record, if anything is going to skew the gambling gods, the esports gods, it's going to be the horrendous spelling that Team 1 have chosen for themselves. Have you seen this? The, the Team 1, it's a lowercase o, uppercase n, and then they do like the esports with the capital S, which we've all of, have agreed is like a... Brazil has it. Brazil has it. Brazil is still on the lowercase e, capital S. It's S train, in all honesty. Look, the AP look Style it. Guide has decided how this is going. We've come together as a world and decided what that Except word looks Brazil. like. Except, Except Brazil. Brazil. So, you know what, Team One, if you lose, <laughs> now you know. Lowercase s, capital E. Exactly. You'll fix it for next time. <laughs> Not um, the capital E in one, the capital E in esports. Yeah, that's... Also, maybe the O instead of the N, if you want. It just looks really dumb. It looks dumb. You know what doesn't look dumb? What Following look dumb? the podcast on Twitter. That's true. Follow it at Rough Drafts Pod. You guys can also subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud. If you're a new listener, welcome. Please do all those things. If you're a, a constant listener, a frequent caller, uh, so to speak, and you haven't done those things, please do it. Please, please, come on. You like the content. You want to come back if you didn't. Yeah. How long have you been here already? It's easy to hit the like button as we're describing how to hit a like this button. This is very true. And uh, you've been listening to this episode for uh, it's about almost 40 minutes now. So if you want even more from us as we prepare for Worlds and do our team-by-team -team previews, we're going to be watching a whole lot more VODs of the uh, the Chinese the LMS, and the LCK regions to prepare for those episodes. So join us in our Discord for that. The schedule is in the announcements channel on there, and it's a great group of people to kind of sit back, joke, and watch some games. We have, you know, some of our European fans will constantly be pointing out things that we're missing as we're watching. It's great fun. You've been missing some, some fantastic jokes, like the Schoenfire 65-35 Baron joke. 
I thought it was hilarious that I made that joke, and everyone yeah. kind of agreed with me. I don't want to toot my own horn. You did. But Multiple I, times in this episode. But I did. And if you really want more kind of jokes like that, follow me on Twitter, at C80s underscore LOL. And of course, you can follow Chase Ware. You can find me at King, and also be sure to follow everything I do over at Unicorn. I am now officially working for them in like three different jobs, and if you follow at UnicornCO, uh, you'll see all of the stuff that I do and all the other lovely writers and end people do. And you'll also get to see me taking over that social media thing. So you go ahead and say hi. I'll say hi back. It'll be really cool. Bring us together. Um, I love getting to hear from you guys. And I'm going to be reading all of the comments uh, because I love keeping that conversation going. I think that this is probably the most fun that I have because I think that there's the most up in the air by the time we get to the World Championship group stage, we feel like we know yeah, how a lot I'll of these things go. So. I think there's a lot of wiggle room here for Direwolves or one to surprise us, and I cannot wait to see it. Well, Chase, you've already mentioned it twice in just this podcast. We can't wait until tomorrow oh, to talk about the group that reality forgot. That is, of course, Group C. Congratulations, Fanatic, on your number one seed. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to see the odds that Unicorn have put down for, for the absolutely thrilling GPL second seed versus Latin America South champion. That is going to be a doozy. So come back tomorrow for Group C. And until then, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. SoundCloud.com, backslash Esports Rough Drafts. YouTube.com, backslash Rough Drafts Podcast. As well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Drafts Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at Patreon.com, backslash Rough Drafts Pod. and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.